Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of Laces Out. Jared Bailey, Kurt Homicer with you. Fresh off of week seven, heading into week eight, nearing the halfway point of the season. Partner, I can't believe we're already halfway done with this thing. We are flying through, flying through. And it feels like just yesterday was mid-March and the world was just ending and we had no idea what, what was <laughs> to come. But look at us now. We're thriving with the NFL season almost halfway through and we're having a fun time doing it. So I'm doing great. And that we are. And joining us once again, Matt Vitarama, fan side of one of our more frequent guests, one of our favorite guys to have on. Matt, what's up, buddy? Not much. Not much. Got a daughter that's two floors above me in my house. I can still hear her screaming because she just doesn't want to go to bed. But <laughs> other than that, not a whole heck of a lot. Just looking forward to the week of games ahead. It's always Absolutely. good to have friends like that who have kids where they can balance me out. Because like, Here's the thing. My girlfriend was showing me these things on social media of all these baby things. And I'm like, all right, well, maybe we'll have one soon. And, uh, <laughs> and then I hear stories yeah. like that, and now I don't. Yeah. Why don't you come over? You try to put her to bed. <laughs> you see how fast you don't want to have kids. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take that, but wow. I'll, I'll pass on that. Thank you. I'll, I'll wait a little <laughs> bit longer. That's a but, good idea. That's a good idea. Yeah. Let's. Uh, but, Jared, we'll get your mind off that. We'll talk about some football here <laughs> because we had maybe – one of the most entertaining weeks in football so far this year. I think with the games that we had, some of the crazier endings we've had this, this week and some of the bigger matchups we've had. I mean, where, where do we start? Where do we jump in? Jared, do you want to talk about the only unbeaten team left in the NFL here? Yeah, that's not something I thought I'd really ever say because it's never been the case in, in terms of, you know, as long as I've been alive. Yeah. Um, the 27-7 to lead, Matt, I felt confident. After the second Roethlisberger interception, I said, all right, well, this is going down to the wire. Let's just do this. So um, what did – I don't even know why I'm asking this because I know what happened. The Steelers are the most notorious team in the league for taking their foot off the gas and playing not to lose in these situations. And they, you know, they did it against Denver. They did it against Philadelphia. They did it again against Tennessee. Eventually, this is going to come back to bite them. They escaped again. But nonetheless, they're unbeaten. So what do you think of the Steelers thus far? They're really good. I mean, defensively, uh, defensively, I think they're the best team in the league along with Tampa. There, there really are no weaknesses. I mean, maybe you want to argue you could throw a little bit if you can pick up the, the pass rush, but it's pretty hard to do. Uh, they get pressure by any team in the league, whether or not it's four-man or blitz. So th there's, a, there's a lot to be done offensively against them uh, just to even get to the point where you can try to throw the ball. Um, my big concern, and I know you probably don't share it, as a Steelers fan, is, is just Roethlisberger. I mean, it's just – I watched that whole game twice. And both times I watched it, I just kept saying to myself, he's throwing the ball like three feet. And at some point, like, look, part of that game 
the Steelers certainly deserved to win. I actually thought the Steelers were going to kill them when it got to about 24-7 and then the game swung. But part of I mean, I was watching the game thinking to myself, if Tennessee could just tackle on third down, they'd be off the field. And they just couldn't over and over and over. And what was what was Pittsburgh, like 13 of 18 or something? 13 like of 18, yeah. And half the time it was like third and long and he would just dump the ball off and some guy would make two people miss and pick up a first down, which kudos to Pittsburgh for doing so. But at some point, yeah, you're going to face a team that can actually tackle a receiver. Um, but the defense is really good. The offense is at least solid. I still see them as an absolute Super Bowl contender. I was, yeah, uh, I was like a little it. skeptical because in the beginning, you know, when we had nothing to talk about but just preview games, Jared kept saying, there's defense, Ben Roethlisberger, Super Bowl. I was like, okay, okay, hold your horses here. And now I'm a believer. I, I really am. Just this defense is just – I don't – there's no better defense in this league. There's no, there's no defense that could do what this team does. Maybe Baltimore, you can make the, the argument. But I don't know. If Ben doesn't have to play great, he really doesn't. This defense is going to hold teams under 20 most of the time. And Ben just has to get it to his playmakers, and that's kind of it. And I'm interested in this game coming up next Sunday against against the Ravens. I want to see what, what that Steelers offense can do against the Baltimore defense. I want to see what that Steelers defense can do against that Baltimore offense and see how, how Lamar plays because we've seen he can't beat the good teams yet. So it's a real test, and I don't know which way to lean on this one yet. Well, I think that, you know, talking about – you know, the play calling in terms of just short dump off passes. I mean, that's been a story for the season in terms of you coming on, Matt. I mean, that's we've, – we've talked about it before. And the fact that they haven't taken more deep shots. I mean, I expected Chase Claypool to get at least one or two deep looks. And he had one, I believe, is on the Malcolm Butler PI. But, you know, they're – the lack of, you know, just letting Ben say to hell with it and sling it, you know, eventually they're going to have to just take the chains off because it appears that they're they're being more conservative which I get, you know, the fact with the defense and whatnot. But if anything, with that great defense, you should have more balls and want to go deep again because you've got the faith in the defense to be able to, to you know, back you up if something does go awry. Um, you know, Ben came into the game with only one pick on the area through three. Um, the first one being at the end of the first half, no harm done. He had a, a few uh, balls deflected at the line of scrimmage, and then that second one really bit him in the butt, and that gave Tennessee an opportunity to close the gap even more. The one in the red zone with less than two minutes left, I thought I was going to throw something through my TV, mate. Like, that was – Yeah, you can't triple, throw that ball. No, triple coverage in that situation where – I believe it was on a third down, too. So, if, yeah. there, if anything, you know, run the ball, make them kill a timeout, make a field goal, at least go up six. Like, I didn't get the throw there in that situation either. So, but, no, in terms of their biggest weakness – it's offensively, definitely. I think it's just the fact that they don't go downfield enough. I think it's just too much. You know, I get that, you know, the NFL style of offense is kind of transitioning more and more. We see more aspects of the college game. So we're going to see more quick screens. We're going to see more jet, you know, jet sweeps, jet motion, something like that. I think Pittsburgh's just using it too much. And I get, you know, the, uh, you know, bringing Matt Canada in to help modernize the offense. But at some point, you got to let Ben be Ben and just let him sling it. Yeah, I mean, they just listen. Eventually, they're going to play a team that just says, "We're going to play short zone, take away everything underneath. You're going to, have to throw the ball out the field to beat them." Now, maybe you can do it, but that is Tennessee. That whole game played either man or they just played way off in zone and essentially let them complete balls underneath. 
this is going to be interesting against Baltimore because these two teams blitz as much as anybody in the league. Mm-hmm. You know both teams are going to blitz in this game. They're going to come right after the other quarterback. They're going to be aggressive. I wouldn't expect either team to run the ball much effectively in this game. Now, I, I think that benefits Pittsburgh more than it does Baltimore because Baltimore has to run. If, yeah. if they can't run, that offense just ceases to exist. I've said all year long I thought the Steelers would win both games. I, I will say this, though. I am concerned in this game. Pittsburgh's coming off a very physical game. Mm-hmm. It was a very tough game. Baltimore's coming off a bye. Like, how much does that matter? I don't know. You know, some, sometimes it seems like it makes all the difference. Sometimes it doesn't seem like it makes a ton. It's still fairly early in the year. I mean, we're approaching the midway point. But I, it's going to be very interesting. To me, this game comes down to which one of the quarterbacks can handle the blitz better. Roethlisberger probably can, but does he throw picks? If yeah. he throws picks, they're going to lose. Because Baltimore, if, if they win the turnover battle, they'll win. They're, they're a good enough team to do it. But, hey, if you're the Steelers, huge opportunity. You win this game, you're two games up in the division. And – yeah, you know, the, the Ravens could get the game back, but this one's in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Like, if Baltimore loses this game, they're two back and they lost at home to them. They're, they're probably starting to stare down the barrel of a wild card. And if you're the Steelers, then you're looking at this thing going, okay, it's probably us in Kansas City for the one seed. Who's going to get it? I mean, maybe Tennessee, but they just beat the Titans. And I don't think the Titans are going to win 13 games. So, it's probably where you're at. And yeah. I, I don't I don't want to be in that situation where the Steelers are undefeated and then I have to deal with Jarrett every week telling me about the Steelers hey. being undefeated. Here's the thing, mate. I'm very vocal on Twitter about, you know, the stereotypical Yinzers who will, <laughs> you know, go around preaching still got six. That's the most annoying thing in sports to me. So the vast majority of Steeler fans I'm not a big fan of, and I think I've kept my emotions in relative uh in relative check throughout the season. But, no, Kurt and I were talking about this before we went live. I think, I think Baltimore is going to win Sunday just because of what you just said, Matt. You know, they're coming off the bye. Pittsburgh's coming off of a physical game in which they, you know, we saw Tennessee come back nearly and complete the comeback. So, um, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if Baltimore were to win. Um, the fact that it's in Baltimore, they're coming off a bye. This is kind of where we're going to see the scheduling, the rescheduling, you know, moving the Tennessee game because of COVID things. Right. I think that's where right. it might start hurting Pittsburgh a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but after that, they've got Dallas on the road. So, I mean, that's going to cap off a stretch of three straight road games. And this is definitely going to be the toughest part of their schedule right here, you know, having to go to Tennessee and beat Tennessee. If they can beat Baltimore and Baltimore, you take two out of three. Even if they somehow lose to Dallas, just because those are two – those are going to be both Dude, physical they're, games they're not, already. They're not losing to Dallas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dallas, Dallas has no – I'm not much of a better – I don't care what the line is, give me Pittsburgh. I don't care <laughs> who's playing quarterback. They can't block. They have no defense. Hey, I, I, think, I think your Chiefs have a have a 21-20 favorite on the Jets this week or something yep. like that I think I saw. Yep. I, I would say uh, feel confident. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about this, and I'm not trying to sound overconfident. I don't think there's maybe Avery Williamson or Quinn Williams would be the exceptions, depending upon who you match them up with. I don't know that there's one player on the Jets who would start for the Chiefs. That's yeah. a solid point. Yeah, that is actually. a very solid point. Like if, I mean, if you're comparing Quinton Williams to Chris Jones, he's not starting. No. Mm-mm. And if Avery Williamson, Anthony Hitchens, like it's it's close. I mean, mm-hmm. you could argue either way, but I there's. I really think if the Chiefs played their entire second team, the whole game, they'd still beat them. <laughs> I think so, too. 
Chad Henney. Chad Henney would yeah. lead him to victory. And they'd still have like Okay, Hardman. let's not go so far now. <laughs> they'd still have Le'Veon Bell, Hardman, Demarcus Robinson. Yeah. Like I, I think they'd win. I really wow. hell, three fifths of their backup offensive lines played the last two weeks. <laughs> I think I, I think it'd be close. I think they'd win. I think they'd still be if, if Chad Henney would start, it would definitely be a lot closer than if, you know. <laughs> Oh, old Kermit the Cannon started, but no I don't, faith. Yeah. No faith in Chad. But uh, uh, Matt, before before we let you go here, I do want to talk about uh, some trade rumors because the trade deadline is next week, and uh, you mentioned yep. the name that's kind of been tossed around a little bit today in Quentin Williams. But there's a lot of bigger names that are out there that you know. It's a lot of them are probably just rumors, but you know, what are you hearing? Are are, are the Jets just gonna fire sale everybody and? Not that they really have much value, but, you know, a guy like Quinn Williams or, I don't know, and there's rumors to find Gilmore too. I don't know. I, I'm interested in this this trade deadline coming up next well, week. I mean, Gilmore signed for this year next year at a reasonable number. It's big, but it's reasonable. He's the best corner in the league by a lot of standards. So I think the Pats would, would do it if they got the right value. I mean, Belichick is one of the colder GMs, coaches in the league. I think he would do it in a heartbeat if they mm-hmm. – look, they're not going anywhere. They've got. By the way, your Bills can can put the final nail in their coffin on Sunday. So yes, I'm sure really about that. Um, if your defense can't stop them, it's time for real evaluation. <laughs> but no, I think. Look, you know, Gilmore. I'd look at Joe Thune, who's an All-Pro guard at, for the Pats, who's on the tag. He could definitely get moved. I don't. I, my understanding is he's probably not going to be back there next year, regardless. Um, and then you start looking at. You know, you mentioned Quinn Williams, or well, I guess I mentioned him technically. Um, <laughs> you know, they could move him. I think they'd have to get real value, though. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't see them just unloading him. They'd have to get, like, a real pick. I, I don't see some team offering them, like, a, a fourth round or a later. They would have to be, like, a top 50 pick. Yeah. They got that. They'd probably at least consider it. Um, and then I look around the league, like, J.J. Watt, to me, is the guy I keep looking at. He signed through this year and next. He doesn't have a cent of dead money on him. He's frustrated publicly with Houston. Who who wouldn't be at this point? Yeah. Like, if you're the Texans, you don't have a first or second round pick. If you could trade him and get a second round pick, wouldn't you do it? Absolutely. Like, doesn't, doesn't that just make sense? You're not going to get a first for him at this juncture. But you get a second. You would, you would take a second round pick. And if you're J.J. Watt and you got to go to a contender, wouldn't you be thrilled? Mm-hmm. Like, wouldn't that? I, I just <laughs> – that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I'll tell you what. Now, this is obviously not going to happen because he's hurt. If Von Miller didn't get hurt, I think he would have been a guy that might have gotten moved at the deadline. Yeah. Because they're not good. He's not going to be back there next year in all likelihood. That would have made sense. But, of course, that's that's a moot point. And then I look around. Look, I would have said Marvin Jones of the Lions, but the Lions are apparently buying with Everson Griffin. Right. Good luck to them. Uh, Anthony Harris, the safety out of Minnesota, is a guy I'd look at. I'd watch him. He's on the tag. they got calf issues. I don't know that he's necessarily back. Harrison Smith, it probably takes a lot to get him. But do you talk about it if you're Minnesota? You might. Um, you know, Dallas, I mean, Michael Gallup. Gallup's mm-hmm. a guy that gets you get moved. You know, he's mm-hmm. done that this year. And they, get, they just invested in CeeDee Lamb with a first-rounder, and they, they paid Cooper a, a gajillion dollars. So, <laughs> um, And then there's always that Atlanta, Julio Jones stuff. But the, the dead money's ridiculous. Right. Yeah. They're, not, they're not moving Julio Jones. I, I made the mistake like a dope of saying that on Twitter before I looked at his contract <laughs> and realized <laughs> if they moved him, it was like $75 million of dead money. So that's oh, not God. Wow. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think, I think those are probably the main guys. I mean, look, there's a million we could talk about. But yeah. those are some of the big names that I'd look at and go, mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't – Will Fuller, another one out of Houston. Right. 
right. it would make sense. So I, I think all those guys are at least certainly in the conversation to get moved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we talked about J.J. Watt, you know, a few weeks ago. What about David Njoku? I mean, in Cleveland, we could also yeah, see that sure. still come to fruition. So, I don't know. I think Houston's got to be big sellers at this point just because they've got no draft capital, no elite talent outside of Deshaun Watson. They, they Deshaun pitch. Watson's got to be kicking himself, mate, because, <laughs> I mean, I get the fact, you know, he's got he 125. Cashed, I, exactly. I get the fact that he's, he's getting paid, and that's great and good for him. He deserves it. But the fact that, you know, you trade away DeAndre Hopkins and then fire Bill O'Brien after he does that, mm-hmm. you know, they've got no elite receivers. They've got nothing in the secondary. I mean, Vernon Hargreaves, if you want to make that argument, be my guest. But, no, I think that the best move for them would be right now would be to sell either, you know, Merciless, Watt. If for some reason they would do both of them to get more draft capital, whatever. But, no, I think Houston's got to be among the top sellers. I think Minnesota should definitely be among the top sellers as well because they've got, you know, like you said, Harrison Smith is a guy who I think can garner something right now, especially the more we see – you know, great secondaries as importance in this league. So I wouldn't be shocked at all if they were to be big sellers either. So there's a lot that we could see go down. I do want, I do want to, I do want to mention Detroit though, because I was big on them going into the season. They're going to be in the thick of a wild card spot. I promise you that. Okay, no, you heard it no, here first. No, they're not. <laughs> hey, oh, look. No, they're not. I, okay, fine. I'm fine doing that because they finally have this offense at full strength. Kenny Galladay looks good. DeAndre Swift is emerging as kind of, you know. At first, he was a. We talked about it before, I believe. Where okay, he can get uh, you know six touches out of the backfield. We'll throw it to him a few times. A, a good receiving back. But now, I think they finally have a legit run game to give to Stafford defensively. You know, I get that they lost Slay. They recap. They rebounded with Trufant and Okuda. They get Everson Griffin. I like Detroit, Matt. I really you know what? do. I'll say this in your defense. The, I've always liked Stafford, so. If you like Stafford, I'm on the same page there. And, yeah. you know, they're, they're a team that you look at and say, if they don't lose to Chicago in that ridiculous game to start the year, mm. they're four and two. Now, they did lose because they're Detroit, but, <laughs> you know, they, otherwise they're four and two. Their schedule is not crazy. I mean, the, the only games I look at on their schedule and say they're probably not winning. I mean, so they got a four game stretch in December that I say I, they're going to have to somehow split at Chicago, home to the Packers, at Tennessee, home to Tampa. Ouch. That's rough. However, outside of that, they can win every game they play. Minnesota twice, Washington at home, Houston at home, at Carolina, which isn't easy, but it's winnable, mm-hmm. you know, at uh, home to Indianapolis. So could you make the case that they – I mean, hell, they could even lose three of those four tough games, I guess, get to 10 and six. But the, the problem I have with Detroit, and we all know it. Matt Patricia sucks, are, I know. No, it's just well, – oh, Matt Patricia's a disaster. <laughs> um, in fact, I, what I was going to say is that they'll just blow one or two games they shouldn't lose. But what I was going to say, um, or what I should say is with Patricia, by the way, I'll leave you on this. I was at the Senior Bowl last year, and the Senior Bowl, for anyone doesn't know, down in Mobile, Alabama, it's sponsored by Reese's. So when you go there, the best part of the Senior Bowl is you get free Reese's. Like, mm. like you, can't, you can't get enough. They will give you as many. I probably went to the hotel room with about 15 packets of it. it was a, I gained about 12 pounds in two days, but it was worth it. So we're sitting there, and, and Patricia gets up to speak at this little, like, makeshift podium. And Reese's has these huge peanut butter cups on, on the podium. And everybody else, like, just looks at him, doesn't do anything, starts talking. Not Matt Patricia. He's, like, screwing around with it. And he's like, do you think these things are real? And they're like, they're very obviously real. <laughs> very obvious. And he starts, like, poking it and screwing with it and just shatters. It's just chocolate and peanut butter all over the place. 
<laughs> and he's like, oh, I guess it's real. And then just starts his press conference with just chocolate all over the, the dais. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? This just isn't going to work out, is it? <laughs> that just, was the early indication, the early red flag. It was just, I remember just looking at this and being like, yeah, this isn't going to happen. Like, <laughs> well, now I'm very more excited about going to the senior bowl now, assuming that they have it this year. I just I got a was, survey that. asking if I was playing at 10. I'm sure they're sending out to everyone who had a credential last year. Mm-hmm. I hope I hope they do. I mean, I'm assuming if they have enough turnout, they will. Look, it, let's be real. It's in Alabama. Okay. Yeah. So I know. Yeah. That's, they're, that's, they're not that's shutting the that saving state grace down. of this. Yeah. No, 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 no. This is a state full of. Now. It's a red state. We'll say you, that. You might walk out with a new strain of COVID, <laughs> but I think they're going to have it. Mm-hmm. It's like the Super Bowl. It's in Tampa. Okay, they're gonna they're gonna even gonna have standing room only tickets for that game. Okay, <laughs> now you you may you may be hospitalized four days after the game, <laughs> but you got to go to the Super Bowl. But you're gonna spend ten grand and go. Right? Like <laughs> so, yeah. But in any event, so that's why Matt Patricia. I remember just seeing him do that last year and thinking, yeah, this is probably it for him, in Detroit. <laughs> well, Stand we'll by. see what happens because they are. I mean, Kurt knows this very well. I was very high on them coming into this season, and it seems that they're starting to get things in gear and defend my my notoriety for them. But, <laughs> Matt, appreciate your time as always. We'll talk, I assume, very shortly uh, as we keep rolling on the season. Appreciate you. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Take care. Thanks, Matt. Yep. There he is, the legend. We, the can't thank the legend. we can't thank him enough because he always he always saves us. Whenever, you know, one of our guests falls through or – can't get anybody on and we don't want to just you know have us two boring selves we bring on we bring on matt and matt's always a good person to talk to no i think that in terms of like advancing my personal career matt's definitely been among the top guys who has helped me in more ways than one so Mm -hmm. i will always be forever grateful for matt and indebted to him because he's definitely he's helped the both of us out i mean he's definitely pushed us to the moon as much as he can and we always appreciate that so matt verderama fan sided but yeah, buddy, there was a lot of football this past weekend. A lot of you fun know, football. Fun. You know, it was it was yeah. crazy week. And our pre-show on, was it Friday we did that? Yep. Yeah, I said that I was tempted to bet the Jets plus 12, and I didn't. <laughs> and what do you know, they only lost by eight. So now I – bro. Hey, it, was, it was a hell of a game, though, and the, Bill, the Buffalo Bills set NFL uh, record history here. I'll read off a little stat. They're the first team in NFL history since 1940. 1940. What were you doing in 1940? To have zero punts and zero touchdowns in the same game, and they still won. So, how's that? How is zero that? punts and zero touchdowns? Yeah, I mean, what was it Bass? He had what six Tyler field Bass, goals? Is that it? Six six field goals, yes. But he also missed two. So, yeah. So, look, I expected the Jets to keep it close. I didn't expect Buffalo to not put up a touchdown, right? So, yeah. how are you feeling after that? Here's the thing: is the first half was pitiful. It was ugly. It was, it was disgusting. I don't know what Sean McDermott said in that halftime back in the locker room, but he lit a fire under them because the Bills' defense allowed the Jets and Sam Darnold a total of four yards, four whole yards the entire second half. They gained four yards. So, I mean, I was okay with it. A win is a win. I'm not going to complain. Josh Allen had over 300 yards. I think he was like 70% completion. He played fine. I mean, yes, you need to score touchdowns, but you didn't need to in that game. You could have won with field goals, and you did. So that's fine. A big test this week against New England. Like Matt said, if the Bills win this game, 
the division is pretty much theirs. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they already beat the Dolphins in week two. They don't play the Dolphins again until week 17. They, ha- they have a three-game lead on the Patriots, or would it be four? Patriots are what? Um, no, Patriots are two and four. Two and four, yeah. So, I mean, this is a huge game. And the division could be over in week eight already, and that would be insane because I've never seen that happen before with my Bills. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I think they'll get it going. I think, you know, I think missing John Brown is huge for them. He's been out the past couple of weeks. He came back two weeks ago but didn't really play too well. Uh, missing him is huge. Dawson Knox is out, and, you know, the run game has just been gross. Bills haven't been able to run the ball at all, and it's been – I think it's kind of killing them because they can't run any play actions. Teams know they're going to rely heavily on throwing the ball. It's going to Stephon Diggs a lot. So, once they get some guys back healthy, I think they'll be okay. Um, but, you know, big game against the Patriots here, and the Patriots are just a joke. So, I think they should win this game. Yeah, Cam Newton has looked horrible the past two games. The Patriots have looked horrible the past two games. But... Especially on Sunday against, against oh my 49ers. Lord. Three interceptions. Yeah. I think he threw for 98 yards. They only scored six points. Then Jared Stidham came in. He threw an interception. They lost 33-6. to six. You know, San Francisco is a team who I was lower on this year. Like, I still have them making the playoffs, but with all these injuries, I don't think it's going to happen. I think that – let me pull up San Francisco's schedule as I talk about this because we can, you know, project this a little bit further. I mean, the NFC West has been great, so they're having to deal with three teams that um, are at five wins right now. Um, you know, being four and three, they're last place in the division and, yeah. and a division that just features un- ungodly talent. So mm-hmm. um, they have – they go to Seattle this week. I don't think they win that game. You know, they're – I get, you know, they're running high off two straight wins against, you know, the Rams uh, last week, the Patriots the other day. But they go to Seattle, then they host Green Bay, then they go to New Orleans. That's, that's at, three losses in a row. At the Rams. And no, then they, they, hosting, have a buy, they have a bye after that New Orleans game, but then, yeah. yeah, at the Rams. And then at the Rams and then hosting your Bills. So yeah. five straight games that they could – do I think they're going to lose all five? No, but none of them are guaranteed wins by I don't, any means. I don't think at, – at the point that they are right now with the injuries and everything that they have, they're not better than any of those five teams. I don't think so. I think, yeah, one of those teams will probably have a stinker and it'll probably lose. And, I mean, maybe it'll be New Orleans. I could see that. I could see Los I think Angeles. it would be New Orleans. I, I'm yeah. not high on New Orleans. I think that the only team that they're better than right now is New Orleans in that mm-hmm. five-game stretch. But, no, I don't think that they beat the Rams twice this year. I don't think they beat Seattle twice. I don't think they're going to win the Sunday. I think that the Packers are going to avenge everything that happened to them last season. Mm-hmm. Realistically, right now, I think they, they lose this weekend. They're at 4-4. Four and four. They lose to Green Bay. They're 4-5. and five. I think they rebound against New Orleans. There's a very, very realistic chance that they're 5-7 and seven after 12 games. Yeah. Jeez. I mean and- – and you're, we know we're going to hear the murmurs about drafting a quarterback. We know we're going to hear is Jimmy Garoppolo the guy, which this season he hasn't been. Mm-hmm. I get that they won 33-6, to but I think he had two more interceptions on Sunday. Yeah, it's not like he played great. the greatest game. No. So, and, I, and I understand the injuries and everything, and they just lost Mostert again. Um, I think that they're going to be without Samuel as well, so they're going to have to rely heavily on uh, you know, the, the backup running back squad and Brandon Ayuk on offense. But George Kittle's still there. They still got – they still got ballers on defense. You know, again, mm-hmm. Nick Bosa being gone is a big thing, but it's they were the number one defense last year for a reason. It wasn't just Nick Bosa and a bunch of guys. I mean, right. they got playmakers on that side of the ball. So, no, I just think that eventually, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo has thrown for the least amount of air yards this season. I think that speaks volumes. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I'm, not mean, a big, I'm not a big believer in San Francisco. I don't think that Jimmy G is going to be there very much longer. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I don't think he should. I think – 
if they move on from him, they can find a better replacement somewhere else. They can be a much better team because they're close. I mean, they're not – yes, because they're having a bad year, but they can do do the same thing that they did, what, two years ago when they had a horrible year, drafted Nick Bosa, and then they go to the Super Bowl. They're They're close. They have all the right pieces, just some nasty injuries and, you know, maybe a quarterback away. But, you know – this it might just be an off year because they're not going to sneak in with that division. That division is so no. tough that they need to be perfect pretty much to make the playoffs. And and we know how good the NFC as a whole is too. If we pull up the standings right now, as they load in on my computer, the NFC, I mean, it's loaded, yeah. not just their own division, but even you look in the NFC, um, and NFC North, it's not going to be easy. I think Detroit, like I said, they're going to – I don't know if Detroit's going to make the playoffs, but they're going to they're going to be, be a tough out. Yeah, they're going to be a tough out. Yeah, it'll be one of those situations where they need to win and six teams need to lose and this team needs to win, and it'll be tough. But I think they'll be in the conversation at least. Yeah, so, I mean, look at the NFC North. Green Bay's they're going to be a playoff team. Chicago, I don't think that they're for real if they're going to fall off a cliff. But they're still sitting at 5-2. and two. They're ahead of the 49ers. NFC South, Tampa Bay is going to be the one or two seed. The Saints are going to be a wild card team more than likely, depending on how the NFC West shakes up. I just don't think that all four teams are going to make it from the NFC West. And if mm-hmm. that's the case, San Francisco is going to be the oddball out because I think Arizona is better than them. I think the Rams are better than them. Seattle's definitely better than them in terms of at least winning games. Offensively, their world's better than them. Mm-hmm. So I think they're going to be the oddball out. I think they'll finish somewhere in that seven and nine, eight and eight range. And then people are going to start talking. You know, you're going to finish, you know, around that 16 spot. Move a piece, move up, get Trey Lance. Move a piece, yeah. move up, and get Justin Fields. Do yeah. something. I mean, even, I mean if, we, even if it's one of those situations where you still stick with Jimmy G, but you have your new guy sit behind him for a few games, I mean, I don't know necessarily how confident they would be feeling and just throwing him into the fire, but I don't know. I, I, I don't know what the 49ers are going to do. Here's a trade proposal for you. So if you're the 49ers, you're sitting at 16, you'll do any, any means necessary. Let's just say that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, they want Trevor Lawrence. I mean, they want him bad. Mm-hmm. If the Jets were to call and say, look, we'll swap, we'll swap first-round picks, give us your first next year, and then give us – what if they ask for Nick Bosa? Ooh, Ooh I, don't, you're, um, I don't know if I would do that. He's a – I don't know. He's that's a lot to give up plus Nick Bosa. That's like he's he's generational talent on that defensive line. So is Trevor Lawrence though, mate, and I get how yeah. important a pass rush is. It's probably the third most important thing to have in the NFL behind a great quarterback and a great left tackle. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think, I mean it's a quarterback league. I I think they would consider it. I don't know if I would do it though. That's hmm. That's that's interesting. That's tough. I I get that it's tough, but if – I mean, let's just say that the Jets bring in somebody who loves Sam Darnold, sees the fact that he's not the issue in New York, something that I've been preaching all season long. If they get a guy who believes in Sam Darnold, they say, we don't need a quarterback. Let me just – let's just get him some pieces and help him. Yeah. He'll be fine. I think that if they're in that situation where they are 100% keen on keeping Darnold, that's 100% on the table. Yeah. There's no reason why you don't do that if you're, if you're the Jets. And it's a win-win for both. I mean, the 49ers, they get to match up Trevor Lawrence with Kyle Shanahan, Brandon mm-hmm. Ayuk, you know, a good run game, a good defense. I, I'm not saying it will happen. I'm saying it's a possibility, even if it's a minuscule possibility. Right. Uh, I don't know. I mean, if, if the Jets decide to stick with Sam Darnold, you trade that spot 
that number one spot, which I would assume they will get, you trade that number one spot and just get everything and anything you possibly can get your hands on because yeah, that is going to be one of the most valuable draft picks that we've seen in, I don't know, past 10 years maybe. I don't know. I mean, we'll see maybe how Trevor Lawrence finishes out this year, but he's he's been he's been talked about as one of the best prospects we've seen you kept saying since Andrew Luck since, since Andrew Luck I mean that's the consensus at least for all the big draft guys but hey let's take a little break let's start a you know we'll, we'll take a little break come back talk a little bit more about this past weekend we'll give our power rankings and then we'll get out of here thank you for tuning in Laces Out we'll be right back hey what's up everybody this is Jared Bailey from Laces Out if you haven't heard about Anchor it's the easiest way to make a podcast let me explain First off, it's free. You don't got to pay anything to use Anchor. And there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, welcome back to Laces Out, everybody. Jerry Bailey, Kurt Hamaser with you, as always. Uh, we still had a lot of games to talk about this past week because it was a roller coaster 1 o'clock window. It was. I, it, it was, was a lot of fun. I mean, you said already. It was a very, very fun Sunday. Um, we already talked about Detroit a little bit, but my God, what a Falcons ending that was. <laughs> that was oh, the Lord. most Falcons ending you could ever ask for. I I feel so bad for the Falcons. I feel so bad for their fans because – it's just it's ugly week after week, and I mean now they're one in six, and the future doesn't look too bright, and their quarterbacks aging, and their elite wide receivers getting old, and they just fired their head coach. And if you're yeah. Atlanta and you've picked in the top five, what do you do? Because <sighs> you need a quarterback for the future. Matt Ryan obviously still has juice left, so I mean if you yeah. want to wait another year or two, I'm not going to argue with you there because you've got a lot of holes defensively. Yeah, I just. That's that's the problem. Is they, it's not like they're just lacking one position group. It's it's the entire defense. So, I don't know. I mean, I love this game because I bet the Lions and my seven leg parlay hit because of this mm-hmm. game. And you know, I I was watching this game because I, I turned it on right after the Bills game. And just it's, it's Matt Stafford is just so good. He's just so relaxed and poised, and he knows exactly what he's got to do, exactly when he has to do it, and. I mean, he hit TJ Hawkinson in the end zone there to win the game. And, I mean, Todd Gurley, what are you doing? Todd, I mean, trying – he gets so excited. I'm sure it's just a mental thing like, oh, my God, I'm scoring a touchdown. Let me run in. And he's like, oh, wait, hit the brakes. I got to stop. And he tries to stop right at the one-yard line and just barely falls into the end zone. And he's probably so mad. That's probably the only time he's mad he ever scored a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, remember a few years ago against Green Bay where he, like, slid down at the two-yard line and all the fantasy owners were angry at him for not <laughs> scoring. And now Atlanta fans are angry at him for scoring. So, right. I mean, all of these little things that just end up biting them in the butt, whether it's the immaculate comeback for the Cowboys, whether it's another comeback for the Bears, and then another one for the Lions. I mean, they could very easily have three more wins and be, you know, what, four and three on the year? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's they're one of those teams that they should sell, but that's the thing is they don't really have too much to sell. The only thing yeah. is they have value. We already talked about it with they have so much money wrapped up with them. It's just going to be so hard to even move them, and it probably wouldn't be a good idea to do that anyway. So I don't know. It, it was a crazy game, um, but I'm 
glad that that the Lions are kind of getting it going here and we didn't really, we didn't we mentioned that we didn't really talk about it that they made a kind of a bigger move not not big in value I mean Everson Griffin who's having a quietly good year with the Dallas Cowboys gets traded to um Detroit for a sixth round pick which is kind of nothing because I think Griffin oh, yeah. has I, I should I probably should have looked at his stats but I think he has two or three sacks on the year uh he was he was kind of leading the way for Dallas there so I think it's a really good move for the Lions. Yeah, I mean, he was quietly picking up, you know, a little bit of the a little bit of the pace where Demarcus Lawrence had been lacking. I mean, he was one of the more bright spots for their defense. So yeah, Detroit gets him for practically nothing. That's a big win for mm-hmm. their defense. Where I mean, we talked about it multiple times with Benjamin Raven on the show. They just needed help up in the front seven. That's a yep. big addition for them. So kudos to Detroit. I mean, they're they're showing that hey, you know, we started off slow. They were missing Kenny Galladay, and it showed. Um, but their offense is healthy, and they realized that, you know, they added, like I already said, you know, they drafted Jeff Akuda, They signed Desmond Trufant. So, I mean, they've got two solid starting corners. Um, Amani Oruarie for Detroit there. He's kind of their third guy. He's also you know, a very solid cornerback. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they've got guys in the secondary. It's just that front seven they need to stipend up a little bit. And even then, they're not horrible there. I mean, they've right. got Jamie Collins. They've got, you know, some, some solid guys up uh, in the front seven. They just need some pressure up the middle, and Everson Griffin will provide that. Um, so good for good for Detroit. Yeah, and he's got two and a half sacks uh, on the year. He's got six quarterback hits, three tackles for loss. So, I mean, that's that's a pretty good upgrade on on a defensive line that m- much needed some uh, some help on the edge rush. So, uh, good good for good for Detroit there. I like that oh, they're yeah. kind of making a push here. But um, I guess <laughs> I guess we could talk about the Cowboys and what is going on in Dallas and what the plan is because that goes down out for the year. Here comes the red rifle and Andy Dalton and just a brutal hit an ugly hit. No place in the game for that, but he goes down. If he's out, I mean, what does Dallas do? I don't really know. Lose the rest of their games. I don't have the answer for that because they only put up three points against Washington, which you know, they, they quietly have a good defense too, but you would think with the offensive weapons and talent that Dallas has, they could put up more than three points. Who the hell is their backup to Andy Dalton right now? Ben Danuki. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> or I think that, I think they have, what's his, uh, let me look it up right now. They got it's Garrett Gilbert. Garrett Gilbert. That's what it is. Yeah. So I don't know who they pick. I don't, honestly, I know absolutely nothing about either of them. So um, Ben Danucci sounds like my accountant. <laughs> not an NFL quarterback for America's team. America's team. Oh, that's the most annoying. I'm not even going to get into it. But I, I would like to see Gary Gilbert get in just because I liked him at SMU. I mean, he's been in the league for a while. I didn't realize how long he's been in the league. Um, I would like to see it. Why not? I mean, at this point, you might as well might as well see what you got. But, um, yeah, I mean, the John Bostick hit, it was ugly. Um, no, no place for it. There's no arguing that. Another thing for Dallas though, that's kind of gone untalked about, I mean, they're missing – you know, the most famous offensive line in NFL history from a few years back. They only have one of them left. Yeah. I mean, Zach Martin's the only one there right now. Um, you know, Tyler Biaz does. He's new at center because Travis Frederick retired. Um, new left tackle, new left guard, new right tackle. I mean, Zach Martin's really the last of that bunch, and he's been injured as well. So right. um, they're dealing with having, you know, a backup quarterback, a lot of backups and new guys on the offensive line. Their secondary is brutal. They haven't been able to get pressure on the quarterback. It's um, it's it, ugly. Anything that can go wrong in Dallas right now is going wrong. Um, and somehow sure. they're 
they're looking worse than any team in an already hor- well, maybe not the Giants, but a horrid NFC East is just. I don't know. I might, I might pick the Giants over the Cowboys at this point. I don't, I haven't seen anything from that defense that would scare me whatsoever. They have some nicer pieces, I guess, in the secondary, but I don't know. I, I think, I think Dallas's best move is to kind of ship out some pieces, maybe not totally tear it down, but move some pieces and just build up that defense in the offseason. Oh, my God, that defense is bad. They are very, very bad. And well, they also haven't been using Ezekiel Elliott enough as well. Right. And, you know, when you pay a running back that much money, you expect him to get the ball more. And, they've... and he's he's fumbled a lot this year, too. He's, he's Dude, with that so a lot. much. A yeah. lot. So. How many fumbles did he have last game? Because I knew he had more than one, didn't he? I think he had two or three. Um, it's – I don't know. I mean, I, w- I would have thought that, you know, with that offensive line you were talking about and with the talent on – on the outside with the wide receivers, I thought it would open up the run game a little bit more for Zeke, but he's just, he hasn't been able to get it going. And maybe now this is the week to do it. Maybe now, you know, that they're probably not going to rely heavy on the, on the pass game that, you know, Zeke can get it going a little bit here. I think, who do they play? Oh, they play the Eagles. They play the Eagles. So, I mean, it's going to be, I think they got to flex that game, right? I would hope so. I don't want to watch that game. Hell no. I think the best thing, I mean, I hope they don't do it because I hate when the Steelers play in primetime, but yeah. uh, to flex the Baltimore-Pittsburgh game yeah, to 820 really. and then move Dallas and Philadelphia to a 1 o'clock window. Yeah. But I, I think that would be the Dallas best thing. Is a mess. Dallas is a mess, and we, we love to see it. Um, but we, we talked about the Lions and the Falcons game. How about those Brownies? Browns, very last second. Baker Mayfield. Is he clutch? Probably not, but in this game he was. And uh, they win 37-34. They do lose Odell Beckham Jr. for the entire season, which is a big, big, big problem for the Browns offense. But that was a crazy game too. 37-34, Browns beat the Bengals. Bengals go to 1-5-1 and on the year. I don't know. Browns are 5-2. and Is this the best 1-5-1 and team of all time? Because the Bengals have Honestly. been in every single game. Minus the Baltimore game, but even, you know, the score – Made that game look a lot worse than what it was because their defense played Lamar Jackson really well in that yeah. game. Offensively, they couldn't protect Joe Burrow. But right. the bang, I feel so bad for Joe Burrow. He should have at least two more wins under under his mm-hmm. belt right now. The Philadelphia game where Carson Wentz scored with under ten seconds left to take it to overtime, and ultimately yep. that became their tie. Um, it kept it close to Cleveland the first game as well. I mean, they've lost to the Browns twice this season by a combined eight points. So. Yeah. Um, when they scored with less, I got the final two minutes of this game after the Steeler game went off. So. I mean, watching them score, take the lead. You think they're about to pull it off. And then Baker Mayfield, what a damn game he had. Yeah. He started off horribly. Started off a, very bad. Was 0 for 5 with a pick. And then yeah. didn't, he threw one incompletion the rest of the game with, what, five touchdowns? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, we've we've given Baker Mayfield a lot of crap. I think it's time we give credit where it's due. That was a damn good game by him. That was a great him. game. Great so, game. Yeah. I, I, and I get that it's just the Bengals. But, I mean, the Bengals have looked – okay like I don't yeah. want to I don't want to make you know say oh they're a one five and one team so I mean we can't really count this as a credit for Bengals. the Bengals have been okay it's just the yeah. fact that they haven't been able to finish they're a young team that lacks a lot of superstar talent on defense mm-hmm. so you know kudos to Baker Mayfield I mean that was a heck of a game 13 touchdowns no interceptions in the red zone this year for Baker Mayfield as well I mean he's been really interesting very good in the red zone so okay um, so maybe maybe the, the all the trash talk that I was giving him Maybe he heard it. Maybe he's listening to Laces Out and he heard it. Yeah, me. maybe Baker Mayfield's listening to two kids who are slightly younger than him, and he's really <laughs> just letting that fuel him. 
I hope so. so. Baker, way to go. Way to go, Baker. Good uh, job, a Baker. Big clutch touchdown there to win the game. And maybe the craziest game of the whole week. Seattle. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. No, I'm saying Seattle and Arizona might have been. Oh the my God Almighty! We haven't even talked about this game yet. <laughs> I think that might have been the craziest. I mean, it's just back and forth, back and forth, overtime. Oh my God, this team, Seattle's gonna win. Oh my God, no, they're not. Arizona's gonna win. Hell of a game by both quarterbacks. I mean, Kyler Murray looks God, outstanding yes. this year. Russell Wilson, uh, even better. I mean, it's just the Seahawks offense is so much fun to watch. And Kyler Murray is so much fun to watch. Both those defenses aren't great. They're, they're, they're the team, the offense is going to win the games for them. But, wow, what a game. I mean, overtime, Cardinals win 37-34. Yeah. Um, it was a Buda Baker who had that now infamous yep. interception. <laughs> great play by him. Ultimately, DK Metcalf came in out of nowhere uh, to make the tackle. But Isaiah Simmons is the guy who – when they drafted him, we were talking about that as, a, as the pick of the first round because of his versus. They haven't used him at all this season. I mean, he's, he's barely been on the field. I could be wrong, but I think I saw he had five. He was in for five snaps in this game, and he had. And one of them was the interception yes. in overtime. So yeah. I think, I hope to God that that is their wake up call. Okay, let's, let's use him. Yeah. You know, we drafted right. him, what, ninth overall for a reason. Yeah. So I, I hope to God that they see, okay we just need to find a role for him because right. he is far too talented, far too athletic to not be on this defense. The fact that they're improving, if you plug Isaiah Simmons, whether I think he's better as an outside linebacker who can play pass coverage for them right now, mm-hmm. I think that's probably the best for their defense right now. But he, he made an incredible clutch play. I think at that point we were just saying, okay, Seattle's going to kick a game, tie, a game winning field goal, or we're going to have another tie at that point. Cause there's less than a minute left when Russell throws that interception to Simmons. Um, so now Arizona proved a lot this week because, you know, we, you know, the, the conversation was, you know, Kyler Murray can do well against bad teams, but when he faces, you know, decent to good teams, they kind of squander. And then mm-hmm. he, he came to play this week. Um, both quarterbacks played. I mean, I know Russell Wilson threw three interceptions, but, um, no, both guys look really good. That was, that's the most fun game. I think it in was a while. They were. I didn't. I, the, the, those games are always good. The Seattle, San Francisco, the Seattle, Arizona games are always good, just because. Yeah. Russell Wilson makes it so good. The defenses are, you know, never maybe great, but it's just a high-scoring game that always goes back and forth. And it was just, I didn't know where to go in this game. I didn't know. <laughs> I had no idea where to lean. And I'm gonna. I'm going to tweet this after the show because I thought of it. It's a great analogy. Uh, Russell Wilson in a football game is like featuring Chris Brown in a song. It would make an okay song into a really good one. <laughs> well, you know, you, you, might be, you might be one of the on, only people standing on that island, but uh, that, that's a story for another day. I know how you feel about Chris Brown. But, <laughs> um, Kyler Murray is making his statement for MVP. Uh, I just – you know, if that defense can get it going a little more, if they can play more consistently week after week, who, why not talk about them to win that division? It's it's going to be most likely them in Seattle. I love the Rams this year. I don't know if they can sustain the, the success they've had on offense. Um, I mean, they, they played pretty well against the Bears, but I just – I would have more trust in the Cardinals offense than I would in the Rams. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that the Rams have a similar problem that the Steelers do in which they rely a lot on the dip and dunk to set up, you know, one or two deep shots a game. But mm-hmm. if they, when they face defenses that say, look, we'll give you, 
the under you know the underneath stuff you know whatever you're gonna eventually you're gonna have to beat us deep we'll take away the short stuff and eventually you're gonna have to try something yeah so you know i think that you know kyler murray obviously has a different edge to him um than jared goff does and the fact that he can run the ball so no i love arizona um i had them you know as around an eight win team you know making a little bit of noise and getting better i don't think they'd be this good um so yeah that was that was a very very fun game to watch and uh yeah, hopefully we get we get more like that as the season goes on. Justin I, Herbert and the Chargers get a win against Jacksonville. Oh, Justin Herbert got his first career win. How about that? I I mean, I, I picked them. That was one of my games that I picked. I picked the Chargers to beat the Jags, and they did. Jags, they, they won week one against the Colts, and everybody was like, oh, my God, the Jaguars aren't tanking. They're, they're maybe a legit team. And then they lose six games in a row, and now we're here talking about them like this. So, uh I don't know. I, I guess Gardner Minshew. You know, he's he's been playing decently well. He's yeah, lighten up the lighten up the uh, the scoreboard. But you know, two touchdowns, 173 yards. But Justin Herbert, 347 yards, three passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown, 66 yards rushing. This guy looks legit. He looks legit, and I'm very excited for his career. Justin Herbert's the rookie of the year thus far, and I don't think it's particularly close right now. I think Joe Burrow's a solid second right now, but Justin Herbert, you know, we talked about this last week. You know, Joe Burrow, I think, has been very impressive for what he has around him, especially uh-huh. on the defensive side of the ball. But Justin Herbert, for what he's doing right now, I mean, he hasn't had Austin Eckler. He's been without Keenan Allen a little bit as well. Mike Williams has dealt with injuries. I mean, it's not like he's been, you know, with a full arsenal all season either. But yeah, he is – I don't know what in God's name is just clicking for him, but it, it, he looks like a five-year veteran out there. It doesn't look like he missed a beat. He looks like he got better since he's come out of Oregon. Right. And that that's not something you say very often about a rookie quarterback. Absolutely not. And, I mean, I'm sure Miami fans are a little bit nervous going into this week because Tua Tungavalo is starting for the first time. And if he doesn't really pan out in these next few weeks here, everybody's going to be saying, hey, you uh, you passed up on that that guy with the long hair from Oregon for, <laughs> for Tua Tungavailoa, and he's not really doing too well. Not that you're going to judge this early, but, um, yeah. The, the new quarterbacks in this league, I'm, I'm very excited for. I think, you know, the, the league is in good hands with, with these young arms coming into the league. And uh, Justin Herbert's – only going up from here I think he could be I think he could be an elite quarterback in this league I mean it's still very early to even say that but he's just looked phenomenal so far I just want to get to the point where we can see Justin Herbert against Tua I want to get to Justin Herbert versus Mahomes part two Mm -hmm. I I want to get to all of that so no he's looked absolutely phenomenal and I'm excited to see where he goes because you know you get Derwin James back next year hopefully he can stay healthy because he's dealt with a plethora of injuries the past two years um, that that defense will finally be at full strength. If they can keep everybody healthy for the most part, the Chargers could be a Super Bowl contender in a matter of a season or two, and that's Absolutely. that's good news for Charger fans. So Absolutely, I I, yeah. don't, I don't see why not. They've been always, you know, in the talks with Super Bowls, but then they deal with a lot of injuries and stuff out of their own control. So uh, yeah, Chargers Chargers future is looking bright with their young quarterback here, but. What do you say we uh, we rattle off our, our power rankings after sure. uh, completion of week seven? Maybe one of the best weeks we've had so far in football. Um, that might have been the best week so far. So, yeah, I'm definitely down to tell you who is better than who. Okay. Um, not much has changed at all for, you know, my top five except for number five. Uh, I do have the Chiefs at number one. 
I mean, they they keep doing the Chiefs. They keep doing their own thing. Uh, they put a beat down on the Broncos, 43-16. We didn't really talk about that game, but it was nothing too special. It was, uh, it was special with Patrick Mahomes anytime he's on the field, but nothing too uh, exciting there, you know, like a, like a Lions-Falcons game. So I got the Chiefs at number one. They haven't done anything to disprove that yet. I got your Steelers still in there at number two. They're 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 thinking about it. They're itching to get up in that number one spot. They're they're really nagging at me to get up there because I really really like the Steelers this year. But uh, after this week, we'll see. After this week against the Ravens, we'll see. Uh, I do have the Packers there at number three. We say the same things every week. You know, Aaron Rodgers is on a mission. They just beat the the Texans thirty-five twenty. Team just looks great all around. They lost. But I'm sticking them at number four because this isn't this isn't standings. This is team rankings, power Correct. rankings, how good they are. So Seahawks, number four. You can't bet against Russell Wilson. I mean, a lot of things in that game happened that were out of his control. A lot of things happened that were his control. But, uh, you know, I think the Seahawks are still a Super Bowl contender. I think they're still the favorite to win that division. So I got the Seahawks at four. I got the Buccaneers at number five. Uh, they, they shot up from number eight to number five for me. I was kind of, you know, talking some trash on them too, after that, that bears game. And maybe Tom Brady is listening to this too. And he heard me talking to trash. So they got all the quarterbacks. listening. Exactly. They beat down the Raiders 45, 20 Brady looks good. I mean, that defense surprised me a lot. At, At least the secondary did the, their front seven, I knew it was going to be great. You know, Shaq Barrett in there, he's going to do his thing. But that secondary has really come around. I'm very surprised with how good they are. Uh, Winfield is shooting for maybe defensive player, defensive rookie of the year. He's playing great. I think it's only going up here from here for the Bucks. And now they got Antonio Brown coming in here. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, look, that, that can go one of two ways and only two ways. Either it's great or it's a dumpster fire, so they better hope that it's the first one. So Exactly. So we'll I, I, got, I got Chiefs, Steelers, Packers, Seahawks, Buccaneers, my top five. What do you got? Okay, I'm going to put my Steelers in at number one. Mm. I would feel more confident about it if they would have just stepped on the throats of the Titans in the second half and yep. won by 25. But they're notorious for taking their foot off the gas and playing conservative, but they got the win, and that's all I'm going to really focus on right now. The first half, mate, there was no stopping their offense. Ben Roethlisberger looked in tune. He was making all the right throws. The threading the needle in that first touchdown pass to Deontay Johnson, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. The pass rush is insane. TJ Watt might be a top 15 player in the league right now, but Dupree's looking really good. Um, I get, you know, missing Devin Bush is going to eventually show its, its ugly head, but Robert Spillane played well. Um, Terrell Edmonds played really well. They used him a lot at Sam Linebacker and pass guards. I mean, he really did a lot, so. I love the Steelers. There's not really a weakness on that defense. The offense just needs to kind of kick it in gear. I'm going to put the Chiefs number two. You know, they destroyed Denver in mile high, 43-16. Le'Veon Bell looked good in his first game as a Chief. Defensively, they still look very sound, and we know how good Patrick Mahomes on that offense is. I mean, that's the same old story in Kansas mm-hmm. City. And I'm going first, to put the – First, game, first game in the snow, too. I want to mention that because yes, football, yes, football I looks better happy. in the snow. I will say that. It looks so much better when there's snow. I will agree with with you on that, my friend. I'm going to put the Buccaneers at three. I think their Whoa. defense is second to Pittsburgh. I think that Tom Brady's finding a groove. He's put himself in the conversation for MVP as well. I mean, he's played phenomenal. They went and absolutely torched the Raiders in Vegas. So um, I think that they might be the best overall team in the NFC right now. Um, I think they're very similar to Pittsburgh offensively where 
there's going to be one guy that goes off this week, you know, whether it's Evans and then the next week it could be a Scotty Miller and then one week yeah. the Tyler Johnson. Grant got a touchdown this past week. So, I mean, they've got a lot of mouths to feed on that offense, but they're making it work. Um, you know, I think we can kind of look at that New Orleans game in week one as a mulligan. You know, it's yeah. the first game that they've ever played together. So, they really kicked it in gear and they've played really well. I'm going to put Seattle at number four as well, um, ahead of Green Bay, which we'll get to in a second. If I had to pick, you know, if they played each other tomorrow, I think I'd pick Seattle just because, you know, offensively, I just think they're a little bit better than uh, the Packers are. They got a few more weapons than Green Bay does. Uh, defensively, Green Bay's better. I love Jair Alexander. Um, but outside of that, you know, Kevin King's also very good, but they tend to give up more big plays than I think that they should. They don't seem to get as much pressure as they really need to to kind of help their secondary out. So I'm going to put Seattle above Green Bay for that, and Green Bay's going to be number five because Aaron Rodgers is doing Aaron Rodgers things. They dismantled the Texans and Houston by 15. So, you know, I love what both teams are doing. I want more than ever to get an Aaron Rodgers versus Russell Wilson NFC Championship game. Um, so we'll see how that, how that shapes out. But my top five, Pittsburgh. Kansas City, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, or Seattle, then Green Bay. Beautiful. All right. Number six. I was I was iffy on this one. I kind of I switched it probably two or three times, but I got the Titans at six. Um, you and I were talking about it before the show. We, we both got to admit that we were kind of wrong. We weren't we weren't too high right. on the Titans this year, but Ryan Tannehill looks great. Their offense looks great. Their defense is. I don't know. I guess you could make an argument for great, but they're they're a very good all-around team. So you can't leave them out of the top ten. So I got them in, in at number six. I got the Ravens at seven. They're another weird team to me because it's like after last year, everything they were doing, they were the hottest team in football. Lamar Jackson looked amazing. And this year, you know, they're still winning games. They're still a very good team. They're still a contender in this game or uh in this league, but I feel like they're not getting talked enough talked about enough and I don't know their defense is still elite and now they had Yannick Ngakwe too so they're they could be even more dangerous but I got to see a little bit more from that offense if I if I'm gonna move them up so I got the Ravens at seven I got my Bills at eight uh I mean we can maybe forget about this Jets game I, I really wanted them to just smoke them and put up 43 points on them but I'll take a win so I, I will take a win I will take a five and two season so the Bills are at, in at number eight the Rams are at no, number nine. I kind of wanted to move them up a little bit further because I think they're very good this year. Their defense is great. Um, and I don't know. I think they're, they're going to be a very dangerous team in this league uh, going further. So I have them at n- number nine. And I got the Cardinals at number 10. We talked about them. Kyler Murray looks MVP caliber. Defense is coming around. They could very well win that division if Seattle maybe drops off a little bit. So – uh, I do have – I got the Titans at six. I got the Ravens at seven. I got the Bills at eight, Rams nine, and Cardinals at ten. All right, my friends. So, at number six, I'm going to put the Rams at six. I like them a lot. Um, you know, offensively, we're seeing similarities to when they went to the Super Bowl a few years ago. I mean, they look that in sync right now. Um, I would like to see them take, you know, a few more shots downfield. I think that's for the better. But, um, you know, I'm not going to question what they're doing right now because – you know, in that Sean McVay-style offense, it seems very, very hard to stop. So I like the Bills. They're number six. I'm going to put your Bills at number seven just because I, I believe in Josh Allen that much. I mean, um, you know, the game against the Jets, I mean, it was a stinker. Um, but as I've said before, I think, you know, every good team is going to have one or two stinkers on the year. Aaron Rodgers even said it after the loss to Tampa Bay. You know, every mm-hmm. team is going to have, you know, a stinker or two on the year. 
So, I mean, the, they had one against Tennessee, but even then, I, I kind of want to give them a mulligan for that because they were without all of their elite players. So, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and against New York, I mean, it, it was a stinker, but they still got the win. So, uh, we'll put the Bills at seven. I'll put Baltimore at eight. Um, you know, Lamar Jackson, uh, you know, I'm not trying to throw shade. I think <laughs> I was right, <laughs> at least sure. as of now. So, you better watch but, out. You better watch out. Lamar Jackson might listen to the show and he might let up. Yeah, I mean, if Baker Mayfield and Tom Brady do. <laughs> but no, I think that we got everybody got infatuated with watching him run really fast and make spin moves against the god awful Bengals last season. And it masked the fact that he can't throw outside the numbers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if a team takes away the run, it's going to be very hard for Baltimore to win. And that's been proven. So, um, you know, if he can get better at passing, we'll see how the addition of Des Bryant, whenever he makes his, you know, on-field debut for Baltimore does. But um, for right now, they're number eight. Their defense is really good. I love Marlon Humphrey. I love Marcus Peters. They're both very good. Maybe the best cornerback tandem in football. So, um, you know, defensively, they're a lot better offensively right now. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, number, I'll put the Titans number nine. Um, I have, I still have questions about their defense. And all of those things were exploited, especially in the first half against Pittsburgh. They have no – their secondary's bad, man. It's yeah. not good. Yeah. Um, so they need to be able to defend the pass. I, you know, I get that they got three interceptions, but again, one at the end of the half was just kind of a heave to the end zone to see what would happen, and they got an interception that way. The second was off a deflection of the line of scrimmage where it hung in the air for as long as a punt does, hmm. and ultimately, um, I think it was um, Simmons or Jennings. I can't remember who it was. I'm having a brain fart. A, a Titans defensive lineman got the interception. And then the third one was just a god-awful throw by Ben Roethlisberger, which also got tipped in the air um, as well. So um, they need to be able to fix their secondary if they want to be considered a contender. They're not a contender in my eyes. I think they're solid. They're not, a, they're not as good as the Chiefs. They're not as good as the Steelers. They're not as good as the Ravens. Um, and despite that thwarting that they gave Buffalo at full strength, I still like Buffalo more. So I'll keep the I'll keep the Titans in nine, um, for the sole fact that they were you know one of the final two or three unbeaten teams. And then number ten, I like the Cardinals. Um, Kyler Murray answered a lot of questions. I mean, can he beat a good team? He showed that he could. He played really well. DeAndre Hopkins got a lot of good looks. Their defense had three interceptions. I like what they're doing a lot. They're keeping pace in that NFC West race. So number six, the Rams. Number seven, the Bills. Number eight, the Ravens. Number nine, the Titans. Number ten, the Cardinals. Perfect. Next week. My Bills will be number one. Will they now? Who do they, who they got this week? <laughs> they got New England, so no, they won't. Yes. Be, but yeah, it, it's say. a dream of mine that national media will rank the Bills at number one. Maybe one day, but the Bills could wrap up the division in week eight, and I would love every second of it. Yeah. Uh, they could. They could. They really could. They very could. well could. I mean, they'd be sitting at, what, six and two at that point, and New England would be at two and five, you know, depending on the Miami game, which I don't think is going to go well for the Dolphins. They'd be no. sitting at what, three and four, so – that could very much have this on wrap. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, we, got, we got a lot of fun stuff for this next, uh, next week, next Sunday here. And uh, we, got, we got a good show next, what, maybe Thursday, Friday, whenever we want to record again? Yeah, we'll have Mike Tanier on on Thursday. So he'll join us wherever you want to read about football. Mike Tanier is probably there. So <laughs> we'll have him on, one of our favorite guests to have on. Always makes us laugh, makes, us, makes it a good time. So Mike Tanier will be here on Thursday. Uh, for the pre-show we make our picks uh, update you on the standings it'll be a lot of fun so be sure to join us thursday kurt where can they find you on twitter until then you guys can find me at kurt k-u-r-t homicer h-a-u-m-e-s-s-e-r 88 
all your Bill stuff, all your NFL stuff, anything and everything, you can find it there. Find us on Twitter at LacesOutPTST. Uh, any, any, you know, guests that we have on, any, everything, we will tweet it out there, share it with you, and uh, show some love. We appreciate it. Jared, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter, Jay Bailey NFL Weekly Betting Pieces. The Week 8 piece will be out tomorrow. We went 5-0 and in Week 7, ladies Ooh. and gentlemen. 5-0 wow. week with uh, the best bet. So Love it. Finally, you know, we're starting to get into a groove. So um, betting pieces on Pro Football Network, Steelers pieces on Fansided, um, and, of course, updates for Laces Out as well. So, uh, as always, we, we thank you for joining us. Love all the attention that we get from you guys. We appreciate it from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you for tuning in. We'll catch you Thursday. This is Laces Out. See ya. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.